hope you've been blessed by this message. We encourage you to fellowship with us here at Salvation Center if you are in the San Antonio area. For more information, visit our website at www.rccgsanantonio.org. with you this morning because I am confident that the word of God is yea and it is amen. Does anybody agree with me this morning that the word of the Lord is yea and it is amen. Hallelujah. In the midst of trouble, in the midst of uh, things that you cannot help, the thing and the best option that we have as believers is to stand on the word of the Lord both in good times and in bad times we do what stand on the word of the Lord amen so this morning I want us to share I want to share with you we're going to start this morning from first John we're going to read amplified this morning amplified first John chapter 4 verse 7 we're going to read 7 and 8. 1 John chapter number 4. We're going to read from 7 to 8. First John chapter 4 verse number 7. It says, Beloved, let us love one another. For love is springs from God. And he who loves, he who loves, what are we doing? This, who, he who loves is, that's cut off, I can't read it. He who does not love has not become acquainted with God let's read that again he who does not love has not become acquainted with God does not and never did know let's go to the nine let's go to a nine Okay, maybe I should make it easier. Let's just go back to NLT. Is that going to be better? Let's go to NLT. And we'll just start all over again. Verse 7 and 8, NLT. Is this NLT? Give me a thumbs up. Dear friends, let us continue to love one another, for love comes from God. Anyone, anyone who, but anyone who does not love does not know God, for God is love. Amen. I want us to talk this morning about the love of God, and we, I feel like, when we talk about the love of God, we cannot exhaust the passion that is inside that love. And we need to revisit it every time so that we can know where we stand. 
Do I hear an amen? We need to revisit the love of God on the daily, if I dare say so. On the daily, because the things that are going on in this world can consume. The things that are going on in this world can make you feel like you're drowning. So it is very important, it is paramount that we continue as believers to visit the love of God. And the Bible is telling us that God is love. Amen. The Bible is letting us understand that God is love. Say to your neighbor, God is love. The love of God is attached to a demonstration. I want to say that again. The love of God is attached to a demonstration. The love of God is not the love that we usually feel like, you know, you write a love poem, I love you. I'm going to write you a love letter. It's not just in, oh, let me uh, write about it. It's not a poetic love. It is a love of demonstration. Do I hear an amen? The love of God is attached to demonstration. That is why we always say love is an action word. Love is not just uh, something you say, oh, it's a, it's a noun. Like, you know, it's a, yes, it is also a noun because God is, the Bible says God is love. But love comes with a demonstration. Love is an action with for, for God to show us his love, there was a demonstration that happened and occurred with this love that he says he has towards us. Are you with me this morning? Looking at John, John chapter 3. We're going to read John chapter 3, verse 14 through 17. John chapter 3, from verse 14 through 17. Amen. John chapter 3 from verse 14 and it says and as Moses lift up the bronze snake on a pole in the wilderness so the son of man must be lifted up so that everyone who believes in him will have eternal life. It says for this is how God loved the world. It's about to tell us the demonstration. The love of God is a demonstration. Do I hear an amen? The love of God is not just like, I love you. He's not just telling us, or he didn't just tell us that he loves us. He demonstrated it. The love of God is attached to a demonstration. The ultimate demonstration of love. It says in verse 16, for this is how God loved the world. He what? Gave his one and only. A demonstration of love. He gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. Amen. Verse 17 says, God, spent, God sent his son into the world. Demonstration. 
love of God is a demonstration. The verse that we're reading now says, God sent his son into the world, not to judge the world, but to save the world through, through who? Through him. The love of God is a demonstration. Amen. The love of God is a demonstration. Romans chapter 5 verse 8. Romans chapter 5 verse number 8. It says, but God showed his great love for us by sending, we're going to read 9 also, by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners one thing that I want to bring out here is God did not wait for you to change before he decided to demonstrate his love for us God did not wait for you to move from being a sinner to a righteous person before he demonstrated his love for you and me he the bible is saying to us that while we were yet sinners while this word sin here in the if you study the the greek aspect of it it says rebellious while we were in our state of rebellion was when he demonstrated love and that to me is true love that to me is mercy love. That to me is a love that says grace. You do not deserve it. Have you ever seen an arm rubber who just shot somebody and you bring them to yourself and you say, I love you? That is weird. That is too weird for us human beings. But the Bible says in Romans chapter 5 verse 8, it says, But God, but God showed his great, great, great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while, while we were in the state of rebellion. So it is actually wrong, pastor, for us to say when we are making an altar call, we call it, and say, change and come to Christ. That, that, that doesn't sound right to me. Change and come to Christ. No, Christ died for them while they were in that sin. He made the sacrifice for those of us that do not deserve that sacrifice. It was while, the Bible says in Romans, while we were, we were rebellious, we were in the state of rebellion, he died for us. So it is not, we do not have the capacity to love him. We don't have, while we are in sin, we do not have the capacity like he had the capacity to forgive. We do not have the capacity to love him while we were in sin. So it is not possible for you to change and then come to Christ. Like, you know, the preacher will preach something. And then what we're made to believe is then something happens in your heart. 
and you feel, I repent. And then you come to the front. But the Bible says that while we were sinners was when he died. When he demonstrated love. The demonstration of God's love is not for those who think that they are righteous. But it's though for those who are sinners. The whole point the whole purpose of his coming was not for those that think that they are righteous, that think that they are bad, that think that they are all that, that think that they don't lie, they don't cheat, they don't do anything. They go to church, they dot their I's and cross their T's. Jesus did not come for those who feel that they are self-righteous. In fact, the Bible says he hates those type of things. Until we accept that we need him. Until we know that without him, it is impossible to do certain things. So actually, when, a, when somebody is really, when you go for evangelism, what you should be saying to a sinner is, come and receive Christ. Come and receive grace. Come and receive salvation. Because what he offered you was wild. He's not offering it to you after you change. He's offering it to you while you are in the midst of your sin. The Bible says, but God showed his great. The reason why it's great is because they did not deserve it. The reason why it's great is because you did not deserve it. The reason why it's great for me is because I did not deserve it. Hallelujah. He, while I was in my rebellious state, he showed me mercy. He came unto the world that whosoever believes shall not perish but have everlasting life it says for he so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes so a, a, a sinner needs to come and believe after believing it is after he receives Christ that he has the power to change you didn't hear that we do not tell a sinner to change and come we tell him to come receive Christ it is the love of Christ that he received that will now change him he does not have the capacity to change by himself. Because if he does, then he doesn't need Christ. If he can change by himself, then he doesn't need Christ. Because what God did by sending Christ is to save. 
if he can save himself, then he does not need Christ. Is anybody getting me this morning? The reason why he came is so that he can save us from our wretchedness. But he demonstrated that love for us while we were wretched. And then we receive him. After receiving him, do we have the power to change? It is Christ that changes us. Do I hear an amen? It does not make sense for us to think we change before we come. Then what are we coming for? Because what he gave us is a free gift while we were yet sinners. Do I hear an amen? Let's look at verse number 9. Let's read 8 first again. It says, but God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still in sin. Verse number 9. Verse number 9 says, and since we have been made right, been made right happened after we received him. You are not made right in your seat before you came to receive Christ. You were messed up just like I was messed up. You were messed up so bad that it takes the love of God to have mercy on us. It takes the love of God to say, while you are in that mess, I have already demonstrated my love. Now come and receive me. That's why it says, for God so loved the world that he gave he's only begotten so that whosoever believes whosoever believes shall not perish but have everlasting life amen it says and since we have been made right in God's sight by the blood of Christ he will certainly save us from God's condemnation do I hear an amen let's look at first John chapter 4 this morning first John chapter 4 verse 10 first John chapter 4 verse number 10 look at this look at this look at this this is real love say to your neighbor lean over just a little bit have your mask on lean over just a little bit and say this is real love you know, they made us believe a different type of love. I remember when I was growing up, when I was in college, we used to have these sing. I think it was Mary J. Blige, real love. I'm talking about a real, that ain't real love. Glory to God, that's just love like, you know, I want to write a poem for you. You know, praise God, I want to buy you some chocolate. Chocolate is not going to save me from damnation. When we talk about real love, let's give accolade to whom it is due. Let us give the glory to the one who demonstrated his love for us. That while, while I was relishing in my rebellion, he came and died for me. And all he requires of me is to receive him after I have received him. And then he will begin to do the work. He will begin to change my mind. He will begin to change my mind my heart. He will begin to change how I walk, how I talk. Because it is him that has the power to change. If I can change by myself, then I don't need Jesus. And they couldn't change by themselves. 
Because every year they go back and do the same thing again. Every year they go the day of atonement. And I wonder, these individuals, they go every year. The Bible says that the high priest will go and first he will make an atonement for himself first. The first offering is for him to be cleared. So that means even the priest was uh, wishy-washy. Even the priest was wishy-washy. And then the second one is for the people. And they have to tie something around his leg and make sure that while he's there, he does not die while he's trying to make this atonement thing. And so they, if they keep hearing the bell, they know he's good. But the moment they don't hear the bell, they know, oh, this dude dead. And so they, they drag him by that cord and bring him out. And so every single year they did this. But then I see Christians still want that culture of that Jewish culture so bad. Christians that have been saved and delivered still want to participate in the day of atonement. I am here to declare to everyone under the sound of my voice. If you dare listen, there is no more such thing as the day of atonement. Because the Bible said when Jesus died, he tore the thing. It rented from the top all the way to the bottom. There is no separation anymore. You don't have to go to the holiest of holy anymore. The blood of Jesus took care of that. And the Bible says that he did it once and for all. I don't have to participate in the day of atonement because my Jesus saved me to the uttermost. Yes, he saved me while I was in my sin and his blood is big enough. His blood is bad enough. His blood is mighty enough to save me to the uttermost. I don't need to participate in the day of atonement. I am atoned forever, forever, forever. The Bible says Jesus did it once. Finish it for me. Once and for all. Hallelujah. The day of atonement, Christians. Christians, really? We're participating in the Jewish day of atonement? The Jewish people do not believe he's come. They do not believe he's come. So if their salvation has not come, then they have to continue to do the day of atonement. But we understand that he has come. He came to die. When he died, he was buried. When he was buried, he rose from the dead. When he rose, he ascended into heaven and gave gifts unto men. First, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. So we understand that we are no longer in the day that we have to do atonement. Jesus has come. If you're doing the day of atonement and you're over there with your Jewish uh, shawl and you're covering your head, participating in the day of atonement, what you don't realize you're doing is you're rejecting that Christ has come. 
you're rejecting that Jesus is your savior. You are rejecting that. You are rejecting or you, you refuse to acknowledge the death, the burial, and the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. Which makes you not a Christian, but a Jew. Do I hear it? Amen. First John chapter 4. Verse number 10. It says, this is real love. Not that we loved God. Look at this. Not that we didn't. While we were in our state of rebellion, we don't have the capacity to love. We have no capacity. While we were in the state of rebellion, we did not have the capacity to love. The Bible says, not that we loved God, but that he, somebody say he, that he loved us and sent his son. Of course we didn't love him. The Bible says that we were in a state of rebellion. We were sinners. We, if we loved him, we would not be sinners because we would do his will. But because the Bible says that not that we loved him, we had nothing to do with it. The Bible says that he saw us as sinners and he came, demonstrated his love. He says, but that he loved us, not when we were beautiful, not when we were perfect, not when we said, Lord, I'm not going to do this no more. Come into my life. Lord, I'm not going to do this anymore. Come into my life. My life I receive you no it says while we were sinners while we were still sinning he demonstrated he demonstrated this love for us the Bible says not that we loved him we did not have the capacity to love him but he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away to take away our sin. Hallelujah. First John chapter 3 verse 16. The love of God refers to the sacrifice of Christ. Jesus loves sinners. That's why he came for the sinners while they were in their state of rebellion. He loved them and what he's hoping that you and I, foot soldiers, is to go tell them so that they can receive him. It is after receiving him that they can change. First John chapter 3.16. Very similar to John 3.16. First John 3.16, very, very similar to John 3.16. Let's see what it says, verse 16. We know what real love is because Jesus gave up his life for us. Remember, it was while we were sinners. He didn't wait for me to come to the altar for him to give, my, give his life. His life was already given. I'm coming to the altar to receive it this gift of life hallelujah he says we know what real love is the reason why it qualifies as real love the reason why it's different from every other kind of love is because he demonstrated it for us when we were not qualified hallelujah it says gave Jesus gave up his life for us so we also ought to what 
give up our lives for our brothers and sisters. Amen. Amen. The love of God is a love of demonstration. And we do not have the capacity then to love him. It is now that we have him in us that we are able to love him. Show our love. Your love for God does not supersede his love for you. Your love for God does not supersede his love for you. It is him that has the power to love and the power to keep and the power to change. He loves sinners and that's why he came. You must understand that God's love changed the way people live only after they receive him. Only after they receive him. Hallelujah. Second Corinthians, very quickly. Second Corinthians chapter 5 verse 19. Second Corinthians chapter 5 verse 19. Second Corinthians 5.19. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Second Corinthians chapter 5 verse 19. At this point, if anybody gets there, read it for me. Glory to God. For God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself. No longer counting people's sins against them. And he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. Hallelujah. He gave us this message of reconciliation. I want us to quickly look at this in KJV, very quickly. KJV, give me KJV. And then we're going to look after this one, we're going to look at Colossians chapter 2, verse 14 as we round up. KJV says, to wait that God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing Somebody say imputing. Imputing means that you, he's not counting it on us. What you done did, you did it. Definitely you did it. But he's not imputing it. He says, not imputing their trespasses on them and hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation. Finally, let's look at Colossians chapter 2 verse 14. Colossians chapter 2, verse 14. This is what Jesus did. Blotting out the handwriting of ordinance. Do you know what the handwriting of ordinance is? According to what we have done, it is judgment. It is death. Punishable by death. The wrath of God that he should have punished on us is still under this what they call blotting out the handwriting. The Bible says that the wages of sin is death. Part of the handwriting of ordinance is death. 
The wages of sin is death, but, hallelujah, but, hallelujah, but the gift of God is eternal life. How did he do it? The Bible says in Colossians chapter 2 verse 14, he blotted out the handwriting of ordinance that was against us, which was contrary to us, and took it out of the way, nailing it to the cross. Sir, how do I benefit from that? I wasn't born when he was nailed to the cross. It says that the handwriting of ordinance that was against us, it didn't say maybe we were talking about um, uh, Paul and them because they were, you know, alive then. And so they, uh, they're the only ones that benefit from that handwriting of ordinance that was blotted out. No, it is none. It is not so because the Bible says that he is the same yesterday today and forevermore he is his his blood that was shed was good enough for paul was good enough for moses what is good enough for me and the unborn children in the womb of my children blotting out the handwriting of ordinance that was against us which was contrary to us and he took it out of the way nailing it to the cross we need to look at that in this was what kjv kjv give it to me in nlt or amplified if you can it says he canceled he he what he what he what He what? What did he do? What did he do? What did he do for you? What did he do for you? What did he do for you? Did you have to do anything for him to cancel it? He canceled it when? While we were yet sinners. The Bible said he canceled the record of the charges. While we were yet sinners, Pastor. He canceled it. And then he said, come and receive me. And then I will do the change. You can't do the change by yourself. You need Jesus. Do you know what the young people said to themselves anymore? As a diss, they don't mean it right. You need Jesus. <laughs> Somebody acting funny like, no, you need Jesus. And then they have another one. Jesus, take the wheels. These young people, they don't understand. They don't understand what they're meaning by those statements. Jesus, take the wheel. Because some lady decided... Not, you know, not even a gospel song. Well, maybe it's a gospel song. Jesus, take the wheel. So all the kids are like, Jesus, take the wheel. You know, you need Jesus. Somebody acting funny at their, at their school. They were like, you need Jesus. They don't know what it means. But this is what it means. That he canceled the mess. And then he said, come and receive the gift. I canceled it. I took your place. I took your place. The death you should have died. I took it upon myself and died for you the punishment of sin is death the wages of sin is death but the Bible says but the gift of God is eternal life because he paid for it he stood in my place he took my death he canceled the record of the charge against us and took it away by 
the cross. Come on, stand with me this morning. We need to be bold and not allow the devil to make you feel inferior when you are about to approach your daddy. He your daddy. Say to your neighbor, he's my daddy. Look, if the prodigal son can come to the realization that, you know, I messed up. The prodigal son came to the realization, I messed up big time. But this man is my daddy. If I go back to him, he will definitely forgive me. If that's an earthly analogy, how much more your heavenly father. Hallelujah. Do not allow the devil to make you feel inferior or make you feel bad that you cannot approach your daddy. Because your daddy canceled the record of the charges against you. And he took it away by nailing it to the cross. So that you do not have to die. You do not have to receive that punishment. The, the wages of sin being in death. But receive the gift of God which is eternal life. Hallelujah. Receive the gift of God which is eternal life and so you will not allow the devil to make you feel inferior or make the devil to make you feel like you're going to die hallelujah so when I was looking at pastor and I was looking at his face and it was looking somehow I understood and I stood my ground that the death that he's supposed to die Jesus took it for my husband to die it means it's a double jeopardy it means that the blood of Jesus was not solid so I'm looking at him and say I'm standing on the word of God because it was canceled he took my place he took your place let me tell you why the devil is still able to move it's because we're not bold enough to tell him get out of here fool no I said doctor but then we need to do something we need to do something I'm not saying it like I'm feel like he's gonna die praise God my heart was fluttering glory to God <laughs> let's keep it real my heart was fluttering but I stood my ground and I said no weapon formed or fashioned against me and my household shall prosper in the name of Jesus let's stand as believers who understand that the handwriting of ordinance was taken away blotted out nailed to the cross forevermore because Jesus is the same yesterday today and forevermore and the Bible says that he died once and for all come on lift up your hands before God we hope you've been blessed by this message we encourage you to fellowship with us here at Salvation Center if you are in the San Antonio area for more information visit our website at www.rccgsanantonio.org